Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're in week three of our series, Tell Your Story. And this is such an important series. It is, wow, it's incredibly important. We're heading into Christmas. Who can believe that? Trish knows exactly how many hours, minutes and seconds it is until Christmas. I don't, but we're heading into Christmas. What is it, middle of November or is it worse than that? It's the 17th today, is it? Wow, okay. Five weeks, is it? Wow. We're close to our Christmas party. That's just a few weeks away, our Christmas party. And before our Christmas party every year, we pray and fast into people coming to know Christ because it's why we're here. We are here on earth. God hasn't taken us to heaven yet because there are people that need to come to know him. It's that simple. We we are here so that we can see people come to Christ. And after Jesus died and rose again, he showed himself to his disciples and he gave them what we in church call the Great Commission. But it could be said that for a lot of Christians, the Great Commission has become the Great Omission because it feels too hard or it doesn't come naturally. So we just leave it up to those outgoing, extrovert, bold types to do it. That way we won't get embarrassed and we won't feel like we're failing. But Matthew 28 says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here, right here, we are hearing Jesus' last words to his followers, which of course are important, and he said this, guys, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore, because of that, guys, look at me, take note. What just happened, my death, my resurrection, it changed everything. It is the game changer. Everything you've seen, it's all hinged. Everything that you've seen me do and say, For the last three years, everything, it's all hinged on my death and resurrection. And because of it, no one is left out of the invitation and every single person is included. And because of it, your job is really simple. It's to let the people you meet know about me and tell them what happened. Just tell them your story. Teach them about me. Make disciples. And don't worry, guys. You're never alone in this. I'm with you every single step of the way. Now, here are some testimonies from people, real testimonies, from people in our church about how hearing the gospel and meeting Jesus changed their life. You ready? If I hadn't met Jesus, I would be insecure beyond belief. I would let the actions and perceived thoughts of others completely dictate 
every area of my life. Next one. Without God, I would still be an angry, bitter person or consumed with my hatred for people who hurt me in the past. Through Christ and his grace, I've been able to forgive people for hurting me. I am free to love people through forgiveness and because of that, I feel like I can truly live for the first time in my life. How beautiful is that? There's a changed life right there. Here's another one. I could go on and on and on about how God has changed me, but the one thing is love. He's shown me what love is and how to show love for others. Before God, I used to drink, take drugs and do all sorts of bad things and I know the reason I'm alive today is because he was watching over me. God is so good, I can't actually put into words just how good he is. So I want you here today, if you have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to think back to the time before you met him. I want you to think about your life and what it was like. And I'm going to read to you parts of Ephesians 2. It's going to come up, but I'm not reading all of it. I'm just going to read and paraphrasing it. But think about what it was like before you met Christ. Don't forget that you used to be outsiders. In those days, you were living apart from Christ and you were excluded and you did not know the covenant promises God had made. You lived in the world without God and without hope. But now you've been united with Jesus Christ once you were far away. But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Ephesians, Paul said to the people, don't forget that you were once outsiders. That once you lived without God and without hope. But by his death on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility. It's gone. God looks at the world and he says, they're my kids. Jesus has done all the work. And our job is to let them know. Our job is to bring them into a saving grace. We want to see people pouring into the house of God. Our job is to break down any walls and to build doors into the kingdom. Every day, to break down the walls and build doors. Earlier this year, Paul and I were at a dinner with some business owners in our church and they were showing their new menu off and Paul and I got to sit with a reporter and a food blogger and the reporter knew Paul from Emmaus, she used to do a whole heap of reporting in education before she was doing food and what she does now and so we spent a night sitting and eating and chatting and of course, they always ask the question, so what do you guys do? And then they go, wow, okay. Now, we just were normal, as normal as we can be. You might think maybe we're not normal. But anyway, we just chatted and sat and talked and laughed and shared, whatever. Now, when, when the reporter got up, she said, we need to do this again. Thank you so much for that counseling session. 
And I thought, I didn't know we were counselling. <laughs> Our job is to break down walls and build doors. Now, we didn't bring her to Christ, but we broke down some walls. Maybe part of how we start to break down the walls is to understand some things about the E word. You know what the E word is? Evangelism. Have you ever wondered why sharing Jesus seems so easy for some people but so difficult for most people? Have you ever wondered that? It's because most people aren't gifted evangelists. Most of us. In fact, the word evangelism can send waves of fear and intimidation through us. Anyone want to be honest this morning? Yeah. I'm putting both hands up. Stats say that only 10% of the people in churches like ours have the gift of evangelism. So that's 10%. That's not many. But guess what? It doesn't let us off the hook. It doesn't let us off the hook in relation to sharing our story. We can't all be evangelists. We don't have to be. But we can all be witnesses. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. What does a witness do? Tell people what happened. Tell them what happened. That's simple. Tell them what happened to you. Tell them your story. And what's more, the Holy Spirit fills us, that verse says, fills us with the boldness we need to do it. You will be my witnesses. You'll receive power to be my witness. You will get boldness to do it when the Holy Spirit falls on you. I had someone really close in my world who really doesn't like God at all. And, and I was at a conference and I got given a book. And the book is a, is, was Brian Houston's book called There Is More. And it, well, the book wasn't given to me for me. It was given to everyone actually at the conference to give to someone. And the Holy Spirit said to me when I got that book, I want you to give it to this person. And I said, you've got to be joking, God. There's no way I can do that. They don't like you. They really don't like you. How can I give them that? And so I got together with my D group and I said, ladies, I'm very afraid right now, but God's told me to do this. So can you pray for me, please? That, is that real enough for you? I get really afraid to do things like this. And, and so I did. We had this person over to our house for a meal and before they left, I said, mate, I know, because their life is really bad. It's really horrible. And I said, I know, and the book is called There Is More. And I said, I know that you are having such a hard time right now. I know that your life really, really is not good. I'd use other words, but I'm preaching. Um, I said, but I want you to know something. There is more for you. And I want to give you this book because I feel like God asked me to do it. And do you know what happened? They started to cry. And God touched them. God gives us the boldness that we need to tell our story. You know, we're talking about evangelism and there are different types of evangelism mentioned in the Bible. 
There are people with the gift of evangelism. There's a guy in the Bible called Philip who, who was an evangelist and he went to Samaria and in Acts 8 he won the whole city. That's an evangelist. But then there's, there's Philip, compare Philip to Timothy who was a pastor like me. He was not an evangelist but Paul said, you're not off the hook buddy, you need to do the work of the evangelist. In 2 Timothy 4.5 it says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation Timothy, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. Work at it. That means we all do it. We, we work at telling others the good news. Other versions say, doing the work of, a, of an evangelist and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As we work at telling others the good news, we are fully carrying out the ministry that God has given us, all of us. The truth is that most examples of evangelism we see in the New Testament are ordinary Christians doing the work of an evangelist as they go about their daily lives. Ordinary people working at telling others the good news. Matthew 5.16 says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I read a great quote during the week from Joseph Aldrich who talks about lifestyle evangelism and he said this, it's fair to say that the majority of Christians have lost their ability to relate significantly to non-Christians. Frequently, the unsaved are viewed as the enemy rather than victims of the enemy. The new Christian is told they have nothing in common with unsaved associates. Quite frankly, I have a lot in common with them. I have a mortgage, I have car payments, I have kids who misbehave. It is well to remember that Jesus was called the friend of sinners. He was their friend. People who don't know Jesus watch us. They watch the way we act, the way we respond, the way we treat people. And they often make decisions about Jesus based on what they see in our lives. So how are we presenting Christ? Am I a joyful, positive person? <laughs> Is my home life, what, what kind of person person am I and, and working on that rather than have I memorized enough scripture this morning can I answer all their questions well no I can't but I don't have to what if they ask me I don't know something how to answer what will I do you know in John 9 the man who was blind from birth who Jesus healed and when the religious leaders bowed him up and 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 they, they wanted to accuse Jesus and they just kept asking him all these questions. And, and the guy said to them, guy, I don't know. I can't answer all your questions. But I do know this. I once was blind and now I see. I'm telling my story. See, I once was fearful. This is me. I once was fearful and insecure and shy and lonely and lost. But now I have hope and peace and joy and I can look into my future and I can see a great future because I have God. That's my story. The core of evangelism is modeling what I possess, how my life has changed because of Christ and being a witness and then telling them how I came to possess it. I had a beautiful conversation with a, a lovely lady in our church sometime this week. She came and saw me and, and she does it all the time. 
She's forever just asking people, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And she said, no, but, but is, you know, is it okay? And I said, yes, yes, absolutely it's okay. But I said to her, but just know that God is the Lord of the harvest, not you. All you can do is what you're doing. And if, if they don't respond, that's not your job. It's not your job. It's God's job. Leave it with him. I want to read to you from John 4, 34 to 38. It's the passage of scripture that comes after the story of the woman at the well. Where Jesus met a lady at the well. And I know Stu talked about it last week. I'm not talking about the story. Her whole life was changed. The community was changed because of that meeting. And this is what happened afterwards, John 4. My nourishment comes, this is Jesus talking. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Do you think the work of harvesting will not begin until the summer ends four months from now? Look around you. Look around you, guys. Vast fields are ripening all around us and are ready now for the harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one person plants and someone else harvests, and it's true, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work and you will gather their harvest. You don't know what part of the story you are. You really don't. There are many people who probably have been planting before. We had, I spoke to another beautiful lady from our church on Monday. And she came to our church for a Christmas service. And then she came back last Easter. And she, she, she didn't want to, she came at Christmas and then she said to me, I didn't want to come back. I said, okay, sorry. But then at Easter, someone invited her. And she came and she was sitting in church and she went, I want what they have. I just want it. I want it. And she was just sitting there. And in the preaching, God touched her and she just burst into tears. <laughs> burst into tears and met Jesus. Now, there was a lot of seeds sown before that time. You don't know where you are in the, in the process, but God is the God of the harvest. So don't ever get discouraged because it's his job, not yours. Your job is just to tell your story. He says the fields, Jesus said the fields are ready. That means there are people who are ready to come to Christ. What if that lady was never invited, hey? There are, he didn't say they will be ready in a little while, he said they are now. There are people who are ready now. Not everyone is, but there are people who are ready now. The difference between sometime in the future and now is huge. Someone, sometime in the future means waiting. Here means, here now means activity and involvement, our involvement. And do you know what? The scripture tells us the difference between sometime in the future and now is actually in what we see. He says, open your eyes and see. Look around you. 
Vast fields are ripening all around us and are ready now for the harvest. I think that's exciting. When Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, his essential message to her was this, God knows you. You may think, you may not think that you know God, but guess what? He knows you. You are known by God. You are seen. And Jesus looked into her world when she didn't think anyone knew her or cared about her, and he told her all that there was to know, and it changed her life. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Come up, guys. We have the Word of God in us. It's not about, this is what it's not about. It's not about getting pumped up. Oh, I'm just going to be the most amazing evangelist for God. That will last for about two days or for five minutes if you may. It doesn't last, but, but, but what da- does last is living each day with the word of God in me. What does last is living each day listening to the Holy Spirit and noticing when he brings people my way and when he starts to talk to me about them. See, I can have my eyes open and see with harvest eyes and, and say, God, I'm here. I actually want to see with harvest eyes. Do you want to see with harvest eyes today? Do you? I want to see with harvest eyes. So that I can take the opportunities he brings to be, my, to be a witness, just to, to tell him what happened. Tell him what he's done in my world. He said, go into all the world. We are wall breakers. We are every day, we are to go into the world and break down the walls. We are to live a life that is accessible to the things of God. Our job while we're doing that is to change people's perceptions because they have all sorts of crazy perceptions about God. By how we live, by what we say. You know, a lot of people when they find out I'm a pastor say to me, gosh, you don't look like a pastor. And I say, thank you. See, that is a compliment. So tomorrow you're going to meet someone and there'll be a wall. Your job is to take a brick out, to reach through and to touch them with God's love. Just grab it. Just reach reach through and show them God by what you do, by what you say. Jesus didn't say the harvest is coming. He said the harvest is here. Who is there in your world who is ready? We have a city full of people who need God. Full. And we have the kingdom in us. We have Christ in us. We have the Spirit of God in us. We have the love of God in us. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.